Blood, blood, toot. Blood, blood, toot. Talking in Stations After Show. This is a Q&A session with CCP Fozzie concerning Structures 2.0. I'd like to thank Dirk, McLeod, and Kaskara for helping us with the questions. All right, everyone, thank you for coming to the After Show. CC Pazzi has generously uh, said he would be here for a little while. He'll do the best that he can. I'll if you, you don't moderate this, dude, it'll be god-awful, I'm telling you right now. Uh, Most people can't handle push the talk and stuff like that. It's going to be amazing. Well, we'll try it till it becomes a, a train wreck. Always a good plan. <laughs> Isn't that Eve, right? We'll see what happens. What could go wrong? 15 years ago, some Icelandic developers said, let's just try it and we'll keep going until it becomes a train wreck. <laughs> okay, first question. Let me have a look here. Tilt3D. Yeah, hey, how's it going? Hey. So um, I feel, I don't know if everybody feels the same way, but I feel like the game right now has... Um, an oversupply of supers and I feel like the best way to save Eve is to remove space aids and make it so you can't sign O unless you're 0.5 AU from a structure has CCP considered removing space aids for like a year or forever um, I mean we've considered all kinds of things uh, something like not allowing sinos except near structures would be a very dramatic change. Um, would have a lot of, uh, it'd be interesting to think about what the consequence of that would be. That's not particularly something that I've thought about, but it'd be interesting to think about. Um, for removing uh, fatigue, uh, I can tell you this, that uh, fatigue is definitely not serving the player experience goals that we want, right? It does not feel as good as we want it to. Um, but it is also something that actually has caused more fighting with uh, caps and super caps and more deaths of caps and super caps than we had bef before the uh, introduction of it because uh, the giant fleets were acting as a big chilling effect. Um, so I don't think there's much evidence uh, to suggest that we would see more dying. We probably actually just see less dying and more buildup uh, if we were to just remove it with the replacement. But I definitely like to make changes. Okay, thank you. Uh, let's have more EK. All right, how about Cap Q? Uh, hi. I just wanted hey. to ask um, if there are any plans to address people um, picking the least opportune time uh, for both sides for structure timers, as opposed to the most probable time for uh, the defender to have a strong fleet. People seem to be picking the least probable time for the attacker to be able to have a fleet, if you know what I'm asking. Yeah, yeah any, I do know what you're asking. Any uh, like plans to make it like weekends maybe more uh, attractive to the defender, I suppose? Something like that? Yeah, the idea of, um, of incentivizing days when you... What guys, they do, I, right? I need help moderating because I got to real life it. Oh, okay, okay. People have right, to... Right. Uh, Kaskora, Dirk, McLeod... People have to X up, and then you just select them. Saying whenever your alliance has the most people logged in daily, averaged out, that picks the time there. But then you could just like tell everyone to 
log yeah, in people could game that kind of thing. Game it. Yeah. Um, I'd love to find a solution to this. Uh, we haven't yet though. Um, uh, but yeah, it is, it is a, uh, kind of eternal problem that, uh, it would be great. It's up there with, with some of the biggest long-term things that it would, if we could ever completely solve would be wonderful. Um, yeah. It's kind of a follow-up. Do you ever think about maybe reintroducing some of the repairing aspects so the defenders would have to have some incentive to have a bunch of people on it as well kind of thing? Maybe not exactly how POS repairs used to be, but something along those lines maybe? Man, I, I can tell you as someone who has experienced the amount of complaining that came when that mechanic was around, Probably not. I'm pretty sure that like we would all just get fired once our bosses <laughs> saw the reaction to that. Uh, they just fire everyone who was working on the future uh, right away. Fair enough. Uh, thanks. Cool. Uh, Jonathan, you want to go for it? Uh, where's Jonathan? Looks like he's asking about Citadel tackle modules. Oh, sorry. I didn't realize. I can. Can you hear me? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There we go. Okay. I didn't realize I got called. So first off, thanks for the great. Uh, update 2.0. Like I, I typed in the other 95% awesome. I really like it. I just got a couple questions and also wanted to throw a, another thank you out for the love you gave the Roar Qual over the past period of time. Um, I happen to be just an average miner. So tackle modules. I get it. Eve, EVE, everyone versus everyone. This is a combat game and we should have a lot of combat going on. But shouldn't the advantage really go more heavily to the defender? Shouldn't it be a really difficult uphill climb for attackers to come in? And with that in mind, why why take away the ability for stations to just hold, grab and hold a, a single ship at a time permanently because you have to be manned. So that's already a big balance when you consider POSSES did it fully automatically with no one around. So we've already got a big balance at that point. And like I said, the station with the new, if I understand correctly, we're only going to have one point. We're going to be limited to a point and a web. So the station can only take out one ship at a time. So that's, that's, that's my question. Yep. Yeah, I think it's it's a very legitimate concern. Um, that balance of how do you find the correct line between strength for the defender, strength for the attacker, um, is always a really challenging one, and it's unfortunately one that you're never going to get two people to entirely agree on because everyone's got a different experience in how much they they uh, pr how they prioritize attacker defender advantage. Um, the idea behind reducing the power of the scrambler um, is to try to find that balance a little bit better. Um, we were hearing a lot of issues about it being uh, too strong. Um, we especially like mechanics for structures that allow the structure to be a force multiplier to work alongside a defending fleet rather than um, be a solo pwn machine on its own. And uh, so that's one of the reasons we uh, kind of found ourselves attracted to the idea of a uh, scrambler in a web with a cooldown uh, so that you can keep somebody's scrambled all the time if you have defenders with ships. Uh, but uh, the Citadel can allow you to catch people uh, to allow you to get that tackle then on. Um, the other reason that we knew we needed to make some decrease in its power is the fact that under the current system, you uh, can only scramble somebody when the structure is vulnerable, uh, which is a very limited chunk of the time under the current system, but becomes all the time under the new system. So we knew that it was just going to be something where we needed to do something to compensate for that. And so we needed some power reduction. Otherwise, you end up with waterboard situations as well. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm going to go to a quick question here from uh, from Bez. He said, do you think the deployment of citadels uh, where they can be deployed anywhere uh, and as many as possible is a good thing? Such as like if you go to a bigger alliance of staging, they're pretty much crammed on one grid. Um, are there any plans to make a limit of citadels uh, currently like pauses are limited to the number of moons in a system? Uh, so there's no current plans to do that with uh, with structures. Um, the idea behind allowing the upwell structures to be placed anywhere was to try to move towards a more Eve-like uh, philosophy of giving players more freedom uh, of where they can place these things. Instead of having it be you can only place them in these specific spots, have it be you can place them everywhere other than a certain exclusion spots. All right, so uh, I guess we'll go, go to Apple Perry. You had a question there? Yes, uh, a two-part question. Uh, with the changes to the scrams, um, now you can put three scrams on a citadel and hold down and super for an X amount of time uh, because it has 10 points. So my first part of the question is, what will the, be the point value of the new scram? Will you still be able to, for 30 seconds, hold super down, for example? Uh, the second part, uh, you talked a bit about it already, but... Uh, one of the big issues why uh, fast-moving fleets are pretty much not viable at the moment to start shooting citadels is the scram, because it turns off your MWD and pretty much kills your whole fleet um, or makes it very not viable. Uh, one thing I have been toying with is why not do the same with Hectors? Hectors uh, have a scram version and a disruptor version. You can do that with a script or you can do that just with... Um, with different modules at least, but make it, uh, for example, a scram for 100 kilometers, but the disruptor is still far that you can hold something down, but people can keep moving around. And also within that limit the range from the web or doing diminishing returns over the web for when a longer range. I think that's a, that's a really interesting idea, actually. Um, definitely worth thinking about. Uh, the yeah finding like I mentioned uh, on the main uh, the main broadcast uh, the idea of just turning like switching it to a disruptor instead of the scram but yeah scripting it I think that's that's something that's definitely worth giving some thought into yeah um, as for the first part the point strength um, that is also something that uh, like increasing the uh, the number of uh, points of uh, scramble on the uh, the structure one is something uh, I'd be open to. Um, the uh, it's I think a very good a very good concern raised uh, that it would be uh, a loss of functionality with the uh, dropping it to only one per structure uh, is I'd be interested in hearing what you guys think about uh, upping that yeah that base value to uh, to ten or something like that uh, what what do you guys all think about that you can say something in public if you agree or disagree. Now I'm going to just quick throw this to a question from uh, from Pando here. He said, is there any chance nullification or guns on nullified scepters get removed to help improve the Aegis of experience? Um, now, I'm going to I'm going to just add to that, you know, or some change within the Aegis of experience to where I don't know, you know, the the Intosisir can be can be repped or something where it's not just we'll call it the, the Fozzy Claws are running around. Yes, so I can say we, we would definitely like to make changes that would uh, that just change up that dynamic quite a bit, uh, partly for the sake of getting some variety and just um, uh, giving people a new challenge to solve. Um, I can't make any promises quite yet, but uh, I know we'd really like to make some, some big changes to that system that would uh, hopefully uh, uh, cause the meta to shake up quite a bit. 
Stan, uh, Stan, did you have a uh, question? Uh, yes, thank you. And thank you for coming in here for this little chat, FLC. Um, no so problem. my question is uh, regarding uh, low player dense areas uh, and mining and the structures. So you can imagine a scenario where uh, miners could uh, indefinitely mine only on moons, where like the player density isn't as high, and utilizing their structure as a defensive weapon in guarding their mining fleet so that any small-scale attack effectively becomes uh, very difficult, especially with these uh, long-range scrams and webs. Um, so what's your, what's your uh, guys, guess's opinion on um, these structures used as a, a fleet support weapon rather than as a structure? Well, I think fleet support is definitely a big part of what we want to see structures act as. Um, the, uh, we definitely want to make sure that it's not too strong, that it's making it impossible to attack these miners. And part of that comes into some of the other changes we're making for the 2.0 release, right? So uh, putting the, uh, um, the cooldown on the scrambler, uh, removing the void bomb, stuff like that. Um, we definitely like them to be something where an attacker can feel like they can have an opportunity to go in uh, and get a uh, get shots off on the miners, but uh, where that feels like there's an appropriate level of challenge for them. Uh, okay, thank you. But uh, what do you think about the possibility of players uh, indefinitely just moon mining rather than going out into ore anomalies? Is that something that you think we might see? Or um... I think, I mean, it's quite possible depending on how much ore mining you want to do, right? So for people that are okay with getting those like once a week or once a month, um, uh, events from the moon and maybe controls enough moons to be able to to uh, get their mining fixed that way. I think that's totally fine. I think one of the really nice things about getting this mechanic into wormholes is that now wormholers will have access to that kind of scheduled mining activity where you can get your friends together and say, on this day, we're going to do some mining together at this time. Uh, and uh, I think that's that's totally fine if people want to switch to that. Uh, the I think it's um, there's still some huge advantages to using the ore anomalies though, is because they respawn uh, continuously with a bit of a delay, uh, you end up being able to get a much higher volume of ore out of those. And you can uh, operate at much higher player density. So the fact that people have those two choices is uh, something we're happy about. Now, we have a, co a question here from Dimitri92 that I'm going to try and I'm going I'm to try and ask what I think he's asking here. I mean, he says, can you ask about the sex status filter for agent finder and amounts of ages and agents in a system? I'm going to assume that he's referring here to the changes that uh, I, I think they've come or they are coming um, where it's a much shorter list than the old agent finder. And it's happening through through the new um, I forget the name of the system, uh, uh, the agency. The, uh, the agency system, yeah. Um, is that going to be expanded? Um, and, you know, in terms of like how you can filter that to get further further range or more specific? Um, so I know that that's continuing to be worked on. Uh, I don't know the exact details of that, of that particular uh, set of changes, like whether we're going to be adding more granularity to the uh, search there. Um, if you, this person asked the question, if you can... Uh, uh, pass along like a specific description of what you're looking for, whether it's something that the system doesn't do right now, that like a use case, hey, I would like to do this and the system currently doesn't allow me to do it properly. Uh, get that to me in um, Discord and I'll pass it along to the team that works on that. Uh, Securitas, you're up next with your question. Can you guys hear me? Sorry. Yep. yep. Okay, I just got my wisdom teeth out yesterday, so hopefully I'm understandable. Congratulations. Um, 
So I I heard what you said, Fozzie, a little bit about how if you reintroduced repairing, you think that people would kill you. I totally understand that as someone who's played for long enough to remember that. But I was hoping I could get you to comment a little bit on how the meta has changed kind of around Citadels. Um, because with the, the main objective kind of changing from uh, defeating the enemy fleet so you can you know win the objective to now just basically applying DPS however you can, and the defenders only really being an obstacle insofar as they can prevent you from doing that. We've seen kind of a shift towards uh, doctrines or, or ways of playing the game that just try to apply DPS without really, you know, in fact, going for the defenders is not always the best way to do that. And sometimes you're better served just shooting the Citadel rather than actually fighting. Uh, and something that additionally sort of disin disincentivizes you on committing to the Citadel is there's still the guided bomb launcher, which applies about 200 DPS kind of nonstop that you can't really stop. And it really oppresses kind of smaller fleets, like battlecruiser fleets on smaller Citadels. It's really hard to, to fight on a Citadel with, say, hurricanes or something. And I do think that should be an option. You know, I think that basically what fleet you should bring should be decided by what your enemy is bringing. And the Citadel should sort of serve to support them in, instead, of, uh, instead of deciding what ships are and are not acceptable. And I just kind of wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, so I guess on the on the first one, uh, the first part of the question, um, there is definitely some disadvantages to that, the mechanic of essentially having the target be the structure and you can bypass the, the fleet. That's always been the case with other mechanics as well, though. Like you've always been able to do that with bosses. Back in Dominion Sov, we had the uh, very common instance of two fleets in the same system but one of them sitting on the IHUB, the other one sitting on a gate, shooting at the SBU, having a DPS race on two different grids. Um, so these kind of things, uh, we'd love to be able to provide more ways of uh, encouraging, uh, I guess what you call traditional fleet battles, right? Um, the the goal behind a lot of the mechanics of Age of Salt was to try to get to that. Obviously, it did not uh, work in a lot of ways. Um, whether we can find a, a way to uh, encourage that uh, more successfully in the future, uh, I would definitely hope so, but uh, I can't, can't make any promises in that regard. But yeah, it's, I think it's, there's, there's an element of that that's pretty hard to, to avoid when you have uh, an objective that's separate from the ships themselves. All right, so we're going to go with a question from Tilted next, which will be followed by Defiant and Derbommel. Oh, uh, yeah. Thanks again for doing this, Fozzie. Um, I want to ask the question that everybody wants to know. Um, if you were a sandwich, what kind of meat would you want inside you? Oh, good question. Uh, I'll go with uh, roast beef. And up next, Defiant. You've been wanting to ask this, uh, so so make sure that it gets answered to your uh, to your liking. Go. Who is that? Uh, Defiant. Defiant. Uh, right, okay, yeah. I was just asking... Um... <laughs> After the big fight in Nine Tech Four, um, there was quite a lot of people saying on Reddit, like, um, "Is it possible that the architecture, the software for the servers, would it benefit from multi-core processing?" All right, so I can talk about that. That's going to be a bit of a longer discussion. I'm going to quickly—I totally forgot that the, uh, Secure just had a second part of the question there for a moment. So I'll just go back and answer. His, he had also asked about the bomb launcher, about that uh, feeling pretty oppressive for small fleets. 
Um, I mean, that is definitely something we'd like to uh, to look at. Uh, um, with the removal of the uh, the void one uh, is hopefully going to provide a better way of looking at the at the damage one to see the effect it's having. Uh, it's possible we need to do something like slow its cycle time down on the smaller citadels and provide a bonus to the bomb launcher speed on the larger ones, which again is something that we can do a bit more easily now that there's only the damage bombs coming out of it. Um, so yeah, definitely something we'd like to do more looking at, but I can't make any promises this time on that. Uh, now back to the performance question. So, um, would the server performance increase if we uh, had multi-threading on the uh, what's called the soul nodes? So that's what we refer to as the nodes that are doing the um, uh, the actual simulation of the battle, uh, things like physics and damage and all that. Uh, it it would, but it's also um, and I'll. Preface, preface this by saying that I'm not the, the biggest expert in this, but I have spent some time talking to the people at the company who are the biggest experts. Um, it's not uh, the lowest hanging fruit. Uh, so it's actually probably not the thing that we would do next when it comes to improving server performance through software. Um, the For a couple of reasons. One is that all the although the server code isn't multi-threaded uh, in the traditional way, um, it is... Uh, is also not running everything on one core. So we actually do have a lot of things that are split off onto separate nodes. So for instance, the bounty system is separate away from the, it's on a different uh, processor than the um, than the soul nodes, the simulation of the battle. Uh, same thing with market and chat and all this kind of stuff. And character training, your skills training, all that kind of stuff. We've already separated all that off and that's, that's what led to some of the performance improvements in like 2009, 2010, uh, 2011. Um, and uh, so that we do already have the ability to separate different aspects of the uh, server onto different nodes. Uh, but then the other is that when it comes to the actual performance of big fights themselves, the understanding of our um, tech pros right now is that actually the lowest hanging fruit is in the system that uh, does the communication of what's going on uh, in the battle, uh, notification about damage, stuff like that to everyone on the grid. That's a system that obviously it, uh, it scales exponentially as you get larger uh, fleets there's more people you need to communicate to about more things happening um and uh, you need to update more people on the hit points of more people and that system there are some definite improvements that can be made there so my feeling is that we would probably work on that first so yes we would there's definitely improvements that could be made by introducing multi-threading to more areas but it's actually probably a bit of a red herring to focus too much on that because it's likely that we would spend a lot of time working on other things that are a bigger performance impact first uh, before we would move on to something like that. All right, so we have a question here from uh, Durbamal who asked me to ask this, uh, I think for, for English language reasons. Uh, would it be a good idea to remove vulnerability timer windows from each structure in a SOV system uh, or, or basically, basically put the vulnerability and timer windows on the system itself rather than each individual structure, given that you can put up so many structures in a given system. And then this kind of has to do with, uh, you know, again, the spamming of the spamming of citadels, um, you know, to where you can basically, you know, chain timers and it just becomes a complete hell zone of, of, of timers. Um, so in general, we're trying to avoid having uh, kind of meta systems that control all of these like structures um, where you have to tie them into some kind of overarching uh, soft system that, you that everything is controlled by. Um, that adds a lot of complexity for players to understand what's going on um, and removes a lot of player freedom. Uh, so we would prefer uh, a system that is a bit more open-ended in what it can do uh, with the end goal being to not have a 
system called solve per se, but have solve just be what players want, like whatever players uh, consider solve to be. Uh, and then the actual mechanics deal with concrete things you get, like this structure gives you your name on the map. This structure gives you a um, an extra um, combat anomaly. This structure gives you an extra mining anomaly. This structure gives you local whatever. Uh, and have everything be focused on the the functionality rather than uh, on kind of a combined interlocking system that's really complex. All right, we'll go with a question from Mintaki up next. I believe it was um, covert arrays or something like that that was mentioned a while back, and the ability to do like uh, uh, maybe potentially have it to where people couldn't cloak in a system or couldn't do certain things in a system uh, to to make the gameplay with the citadels a lot more dynamic is. Is that still something? Uh, I think, it, yeah, there's definitely a lot of options we'd like to explore in the future. Um, you may be thinking of uh, observatories is probably the name that you've heard this under, uh, the concept of having a structure that's, that revolves around intelligence, uh, both gathering and blocking of intelligence. Uh, yeah. That's something that I think there's a ton of potential for, uh, and we'd like to make some structures that explore that area and, and, control, and interact with all this kind of stuff, right? Interact with local, interact with cloaking potentially. Um, that's down the road, though. That's not something that we can... I can't make any promises of when that would be. Winter, you had a question? Yeah. Do you want me to type it or speak? No, speak. Um, so, do you see the Battle of Intact for as kind of the beginning of the end of the end game of EVE? Uh, because this kind of demonstrated that these there, there no longer can be these big, huge coalition-sized battles, like the mega coalition-sized battles, because the server just physically can't handle it. Um, while normal, so far, other Keepstar uh, battles have been fine, you know, really tie-dye heavy, but fine. There was an end, but this, the server just basically kind of shut down. How do you plan to fix that if we ever want to see something like the defeat of Test or PL or uh, goons. Um, so as for like, do I see this beginning of the end? No, not really, because if if you looked at uh, people, the biggest fights are something the server can't handle as the beginning of the end. Then that started in two thousand and like five. Uh, in uh, um, for basically the for almost all of these history, there's been people have been pushing up against that limit of what is the what can a server handle, and that limit keeps going up. So this is the largest fight ever, but then before that, we had a before we had the six thousand two hundred person fight that the server couldn't handle. We had a five thousand three hundred person fight the server couldn't handle, and before that, we had a four thousand nine hundred person fight that the server couldn't handle, and so on and so forth. Um, so that's kind of just always going to be a thing, I think, that people are going to push up against that. Um, and uh, as for how people would defeat groups like this uh, in a game like Eve, uh, because of the fact that. Um, it is a video game, and some people are responding infinitely, and uh, resources because we need to make the system accessible for newer players and for poorer players. Uh, you can always just sort of downship into cheaper ships. Uh, it really comes down to if you want to, to defeat somebody, you need to uh, you need to convince them to stop fighting, uh, and that that ends up being a very psychological thing rather than a a game mechanics thing. All right, so we have a question here from McLeod. Um, hold on said, uh, regarding the separation of processes from the simulation nodes, Veritas did talk on the EVE keynote about separating the system from the simulation node way back in 2012. 
considering that was over five years ago now, is that something that CCP may be looking at more actively now, considering it's been on a to-do list for five years? Um, so the, the system from the simulation node, he might've been talking about the creation of character nodes of 2012. Um, and w that was one of those steps that I mentioned where we, I talked about how some things are separated out. So you have the like character training uh, that is on a separate node from the, uh, the simulation itself. Uh, so over years, we've been removing tasks from the, um, the what the, again, what we call the soul nodes uh, and fewer and fewer things are running on those, which has improved performance. Um, so that's why, for instance, like bounties don't affect the, uh, like the bounties are on a separate node, which can itself get overloaded, uh, but, um, is not the same node as the soul node. So it doesn't have the same kind of effect, uh, that it might have had years and years ago. Um, and it's something that, uh, it's very possible. There may be more things we can carve out, but we've we've hit a lot of the low hanging fruit. And when it comes to, to server performance improvement like this, uh, you're always just looking for the new bottleneck, right? You're looking for what is the most important thing you can change next. And then you take that bottleneck out and then you use, at that point you can learn what the next bottleneck is. Cool, cheers man. Can I add a quick question to this? Uh, for the Hakonan fights, we saw that Primebots was really a big issue during those things that slowed down even with 2000 people. It was almost as bad as we had in Sovnil, is there a way to like disable Crime Watch or let it work up later or whatever it happens to make bigger fights in LowSec possible? Uh, so Crime Watch is already separated onto um, its own. Again, it's onto the character nodes, so it's on its own nodes. Those nodes themselves can get overloaded, but it is a little bit um, separated from the, the simulation itself. Uh, the effect is not as uh, as significant as it as it might be seen to be. So we did some after that Hakonan fight because we got some a lot of uh, questions about that. Uh, we ran some uh, mass tests to test out, again, uh, get a, a feel for what effect the Crime Watch was having because uh, it had been at that point quite a while since we had done those tests. Um, and uh, the conclusion was that there would be some performance gain to be gained by turning it off, but uh, the, it, again, isn't the lowest hanging fruit. It isn't the, the bottleneck. Okay. All right, so we're going to go with a question from Nova Artemis. Um, hello. One of the things I know that drives conflict, at least in IRL, is scarcity of resources. Um, considering NullSec is a resource, and right now there's still um, a lot of empty NullSec, it kind of feels like there's plenty of room for whoever wants to be there to rat and mine, etc. Um, is CCP looking into that at all to maybe increase um, the value of certain systems or decrease the amount of systems in the game? Um, so I would be surprised if we decrease the amount of systems in the game. There's a lot of complexity involved with that, um, at least anytime soon. Uh, but for um, uh, increasing scarcity of some resources, uh, that is something that we are definitely interested in investigating more in the future. Uh, in, in Aegis, we uh, significantly uh, increased player density uh, um, that's available to people. Um, for resource harvesting, which then brought a lot of new people into NullSec, which is, it's great because we like to people to have the option of playing wherever they want. And so more people had the option of playing in NullSec. Um, and the, um, and so that was really successful, but it also did mean that you could operate on a smaller area. Uh, we've done some baby steps uh, to go back in the other direction a little bit since then. Uh, you saw that when we, um, 
when we added the uh, respawn cooldowns to the aura anomalies, uh, and it's possibly may do more in that kind of direction in the future to try to uh, make space, uh, like the concrete of space matter a little bit more again. Now I have a question from uh, Sten. Yeah, I'm gonna preface this by saying I'm sorry for beating an almost two year old horse, but uh, man, uh, two years is that's a young horse in you terms. Well, we'll see. Um, any um, thoughts on uh, changing how uh, Force Auxiliaries uh, their power level, so to say, uh, specifically regarding their injecting and being able to tank uh, multiple dreads in basically indefinite as long as they can be supplied cap boosters. Yes, definitely is something we're interested in. This is something that uh, I know CSB Larrikin especially has uh, been putting a lot of thought into um, and would like to make some changes on, and I'm, I also agree with them entirely. Um, I don't have anything I can specifically talk about right now. We talked to the CSM a bit about it at the last summit, uh, and it is something we definitely would like to make some changes around. Um, there's, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, it's just something that, it, that is very high on uh especially larrikin's kind of performance concern um balance concern list all right thanks uh securitas you're up next all right yeah i just had a i had a question about uh tethering and this may not be as, as large of an issue to other people so i kind of wanted to get your feeling on the sort of safety and instantness of tethering so you know in the pre-citadel era there was some uh, there was some interesting gameplay that happened around stations, as I'm sure you can remember. You know, you could go in and sort of uh, force some content or force a fight, not necessarily over any objective, but you could go and you could camp a, an undock or something like that, and basically people would fight you. Um, and now, of course, with the Citadel, they have their own defenses and stuff like that, so they are fairly strong in that sense. But you also have the additional layer of safety of tethering, and it, it doesn't allow for sort of any interesting or aggressive plays. So I think the idea of tethering makes a lot of sense. I know you guys have stated that because you're trying to replace passes in some ways, it kind of simulates the shield, but I'm wondering if there could be a little bit more uh, sort of interesting, maybe a timer you have to like manually initiate tethering or something like that so that you could have some interesting gameplay where you could take advantage of people who are maybe, you know, not being very careful or something like that. Because In some ways it does feel like the game is a little too safe in those ways. And I know there's been some you know, there's that's been a little bit addressed with launching fighters and stuff, but I think, um, you know, if, I'm interested to see what you what you think about tethering in its current state and the current state of safety. Yeah, um, this is definitely something we're interested in making, investigating what changes can be made in the future. Uh, we talked a bit about it on the uh, the main broadcast. Um, things like um, uh, I know uh, Prograd was bringing up uh, allowing more modules than just the tackle ones to stop you from retethering and. Um, I've mentioned we'd had some ideas around potentially uh, delaying tethering after a sino jump, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it's something we definitely like to to explore in the future, but uh, don't have anything we can like, kind of announce right now. And I'm definitely interested in hearing ideas people have. Uh, so yeah, like forum posts, stuff like that, uh, always really good. Winter, you had another question there? Yeah, I typed it up. Go ahead and ask. Uh, let me find it again. Um... So because of the fight, again, and I so, something that I've talked about with a few people is it was so super carrier and Titan heavy. And that's probably why we had so many, so much server problems because of the individual fighters. Uh, would you still consider Warples and Skill Injectors favorably balanced in this game? Given that uh, Titan pilots have pretty much exploded in the last year or two because of this? Yeah. 
I mean, actually, that probably has more to do with um, engineering complexes than um, than uh, Rockles, but uh, but yeah, they all they all feed together for sure. Um, so for the mineral supply, uh, you you always have to uh, with anything. I'll put it this way: with anything that um, doesn't have a hard limit, so anything other than the Palatine Keepstar, basically, uh, you have to assume that uh, there is an infinite number of them that will be in the game eventually and balance around that. Uh, so the, uh, we would never be able to uh, to balance Titans around them being rare. Uh, that was something that obviously some olden days CCP uh, tried to do and uh, just was, wasn't a good idea from the beginning. Um, so the goal with Titan balance and supercarrier balance would be to for them uh, to be balanced at an arbitrarily large number, uh, which isn't obviously isn't quite where we're at right now. And so we need to, uh, to kind of work to reach that point. Um, so with minerals, uh, mineral supply, we were never going to be able to keep them, uh, to keep them limited through mineral supply. So the real question with Rorquals and whether they're balanced is how they are, how their balance works relative to other mining ships. Um, and in that case, they are probably still too strong, uh, but we'd like, uh, we're kind of keeping an eye on them and we may make more change in the future with, um, uh, injectors. So there's kind of the separate thing with injectors of how quickly people can skill up for a new flavor of the month. Uh, that is a, a definite uh, challenge for for ship balance. It's something that's a new challenge that uh, we're getting our. We've been taking a while to get our heads around, really, um, that uh, didn't exist in the game before. I think overall injectors are still a valuable thing, but they do have some uh, some extra challenges they bring, uh, and this is definitely one of them. And it's just something we need to get better at uh, compensating for. All right. So we have... Oh, good. In the last year, I injected two Titan pilots just buying injectors and having extra Titan pilots and not having the time anymore needed to train those up. Yeah, and so that just comes down to, uh, in the past, we've been able to rely on the slowness of training and that's uh, to to uh, kind of slow down player reaction to flavors of the month. And then that is uh, obviously gotten, uh, it was already getting weaker as the number of uh, characters available on the bazaar increased over time, but uh, it's gotten obviously much, much uh, more significant with injectors. All right, so I'm going to ask a question here from Alduin, and then uh, then we'll go to a question from Tide. Um, so this is from Alduin. Are there any thoughts about moving the biggest targets like Keepstars into a two-system fight where you have to destroy maybe like an energy source for the repair timers while simultaneously applying damage to the Keepstar, basically pl uh, splitting the massive load onto, onto two solar system nodes? Um, yeah, and you could really kind of carry that over into structure fights in general um, because obviously with... With Aegis sovereignty, one of the one of the things there was to try and spread things out, right? Is there any view towards that regarding structure fights? I would not be surprised if we uh, make some change in that direction at some point. Um, yeah, it definitely was one of the goals of Aegis Sov. Um, it's something we definitely got some complaints about. And obviously, it's not the main thing we got complaints about with the system. Uh, but when you uh, even in those cases, people still they, they like to get into the big fights, even even though the experience is suboptimal. Uh, in my in a huge understatement, um, people still they they like the the significance of being in the one big single grid fights, um, and so they'll they'll gravitate towards those. But yeah, I do think some kind of split up mechanic is something that uh, is definitely worth considering for the future. Thanks, Tide. Uh, you're up next. Um, my question was more uh, about like see and think about um, uh, introducing a timer on Microjump Drive Destroyer for the like uh, jumping thing. 
before you can be jumped another time, you mean? Yeah. Um, it's definitely a possibility. It's something we thought a bit about before we released the um, uh, micro jump field generators. Um, and uh, it's it's definitely something that's a possibility for the future. Uh, we decided at the time we released them, we wait and see, see what was uh, going to happen and how effectively people ended up using them. Obviously, with a mechanic like that, uh, it takes a long time for players to uh, optimize and master them. Uh, and so we're still in a period where people are getting better and better and better at them. Um, and uh, yeah, putting some kind of mechanic in like that, I think is definitely is definitely on the table. It's an option available. Um, we talked a bit about it with the CSM at the summit, and I know we're going to keep talking about it internally and kind of no no promises, no commitments or one way or another right now, but it is it is definitely something that we are considering. Okay, thanks. Parthenon, did you have a, a question? Negative. Okay, then we're going to go with uh, Jonathan Rotany. Thank you. I had a question about SIGs, belts, and warpins. So on SIGs, we have combat and data. I was wondering if we could roll in some actual ore anomalies, you know, into the SIGs in NullSec, you know, kind of randomly spark, uh, put those in there. And uh, I mean, not, not like a Rourke wall is a super big challenge to scan down. I'm probably a single scan near on and off you go. The other is um, warpins to anoms and the natural belts. Is there any possibility that those could be randomized rather than putting basically put them within uh, the at the default warp in more often than not you're within weapons range of your target automatically all of the uh, uh, rocks whether they're ice or ore they're warpable objects so could it be a some kind of a randomization feature that would change that warp in location maybe one day it's 75 off another it's 100 off or Maybe one day it's 20 off, you know, you know, it just kind of randomizes the warp ins for the anobs, natural belts. And, you know, back to, could we get some, uh, uh, a tiny smattering of those SIG belts? That's my question. Yeah. Uh, so to the first, the first and last question, um, about the, uh, signature belts, uh, those are, uh, used to be in the game uh, and they got removed, uh, several years back, uh, partly as a simplicity thing, partly as trying to encourage, uh, a bit of vulnerability, um, uh, I don't think we'd ever move the SOV upgrade ones back to SIGs, but uh, it might be it might be good to have a little bit of smattering some of the random ones uh, into SIGs. Uh, there's a question of complexity, but now that we've got the agency UI, that makes that a bit easier to deal with. Um, so yeah, I think that's definitely a possibility. Uh, as for the randomized warpins, uh, it's something I hadn't like that kind of like changing them up from day to day is something I hadn't really thought about. It's interesting to think about. We would want to be careful not to make things too safe. Um, and make it too easy to, to escape. Uh, already ratting aligned is a pretty powerful mechanic, uh, but it is something that I think would at least be an option, maybe as part of a series of other changes. All right, Capku, you're up next, followed by uh, Securitas and then Defiant. Uh, hey again. Um, so I was wondering if you had any thought about reintroducing SIG or tracking tanking as a, a fleet option. Um, I know that the signature link nerf kind of destroyed a lot of it, and kind of the, the buffs to LR guns had a big impact on it too. And now we kind of see a lot of battleships tracking cruisers, battleships tracking anything basically, and long-range battlecruisers being the go-to for everything, um, and basically Signature being irrelevant again. Also, the bomb bomb changes kind of hurt it too, but uh, yeah, I was wondering if there's any like... Uh, push, I guess, to reintroduce signature tanking as a thing, maybe with the hack changes? Uh, possibly. 
Um, it's something that with these kind of things, you end up in, in a, a bit of a vicious cycle where uh, people will flock either to one or the other, and uh, it can be pretty hard to, to have um, both signature tanking be viable without a lot of complaints that battleships aren't viable, for instance. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, to a certain extent, it's valuable just to switch things up. Uh, even just for the sake of switching things up and making the other group complain instead of the first group complaining. Um, so yeah, I think that's something that uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we if we re-enter that cycle again at some point. Cool. Thank you. All right, next question uh, back to Securitas. Then we're going to do Defiant and then Pando. So I had a question about sort of the um, the safety or uh, the balance of sort of safety and danger in ratting. So I, I know you had just touched on a couple minutes ago about ratting aligned in a carrier super. And I was wondering if there was any plans to introduce a little bit more danger there, maybe like the NSA or some other module gives you some aggression so that if they warp to a Citadel, you can still catch them with the trade-off being now you're fighting on a hostile Citadel or something like that. And sort of the second prong of that is that, so Rorquals right now are kind of like, if you're in a, a big enough block that can defend you with, with supers, you know, the panic doesn't really oftentimes matter as much um, and if you're in a small group, then whether you wait another eight minutes, you're probably still going to die. So I feel like a lot of the times the panic, whereas initially it was very interesting, it's uh, it's kind of, I'm not sure that it's really necessary anymore. Um, and maybe there should be some changes to the safety of work walls, uh, especially given their proliferation. You know, they're, they're, there's a lot of mining going on and probably not nearly enough of them are are being destroyed. So I'm wondering if there's any sort of balance tweaks to safety, you know, maybe making a Sino inhibitor turn off existing Sino fields and buffing the HP so it's not all in structure so it can be repped or something like that. You know, I think there's some changes that could be made without being too too heavy-handed. So uh, I'm just kind of uh, curious about your your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a tough balance to find. Um, the idea of, of like uh, putting a weapons timer on the NSA has been one that's been considered uh, before, and it might be something we could do in the future. Um, Putting more um, NPC challenges, like NPCs that, uh, that tackle you down randomly, is also an option to kind of provide a bit more variety. Um, yeah, there, there's there's a lot of a lot of tweaks that you could we could potentially make there. Um, I'm not going to to rule anything out, but it's also not something that uh, that we're currently kind of we have plans in motion for. All right. So the uh, next question will be from Defiant. Yeah, hi again. Um, yeah, just a question about the jump bridges. Uh, when Alliance has their own solve, um, pilots often doing the data, does this rack up quite a lot of jump aids from just doing, um, jumping around, moving stuff? Um, is there anything like you could look at where, um, if you're in a pod, say, for example, you don't get jump aids from moving around your own solve, and you only get, like, um, you start getting penalized when you start projecting to allies' jump bridges and stuff like that, you know? So um, something like a reduction for pods is something we've considered and is definitely an option on the table. Uh, something we're, uh, we're, we've, been, we've considered quite a bit, actually. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens at some point. Also, there's, there's a decent chance that we redo the jump bridge mechanics sometime in the next year or so. And so that there's some options for some big changes there. Um, having mechanics that where you uh, or try, kind of changing the mechanic based on how close you are to your own space or something like that. The issue there really comes down to complexity and communicating that to the players. Um, but if we find a good way to do it, then that's also definitely a possibility. 
All right, so I'll ask this question for Pando here. He said, uh, with the reload changes, i.e. jumping gates and stuff, uh, have you thought about giving dictors aggro again if they bubble? Waterboarding, waterboarding seems just way too easy now. Now, I will say that waterboarding and, you know, gate bubbling and to slow down movement is is a little bit different. But uh, what about, you know, giving dictors aggro again? Man, how many times have we switched that back and forth? <laughs> That's I was going to say, like that has been switched back and forth quite quite a few times. Yeah, yeah. No, we, what we should do is we should just put in a like script that switches it every six months, like us on a timer. <laughs> Why don't we do the same thing with stations? If people dock in a station, the bubble goes down. I like personally. I did feel like with regards to the uh, the aggro, I did I did do kind of feel like it's um, a bit weird that you know a, a large field kind of projected. Um, thing that stops people from warping off doesn't give you aggro like straight away. It's a bit weird. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a video game, so uh, it's all kind of <laughs> hand wavy. I think the best part was when uh, you had to attempt to warp to aggro the Dictor. Yeah, I mean, that's not something that, that we really want to be doing in the new Crime Watch. Like, by new, I say only five-year-old Crime Watch system or, like, six-year-old at this point almost. People still argue to this day that you can aggress a Dictor by warping in his bubble. Yeah, so. yeah. so that went away in 2012. Um, but uh, uh, the issue there is that we, as much as possible, want to avoid things that aggro you that are out that are from anything other than your own actions. Uh, so somebody else's action in your bubble causing an effect to your uh, timers. That was something we wanted to avoid in the new system as much as possible, I think for some good reason. It's better if, there, it's a lot easier for a new player especially to understand cause and effect if I do a thing and therefore a thing happens, as opposed to I do a thing and then later someone else does a thing interacting with my thing and that causes a thing to happen. That's just really hard to keep track of. Uh, feel free to X up if you have a question. Uh, Hasquatch uh, did ask a question about plans to introduce new factions or change the current faction uh, running incursions against, or are we just fighting Sancha indefinitely? I mean, you guys have added, what is it, uh, Garistas and Serpentis, I think, uh, to the list of of the uh, shipyards that are out there? Uh, so there's there's shipyards, but uh, if you're talking about incursions, so the, like that, the incursions are just the Sancha. Um, Gotcha. Maybe someday. Um, I don't know. I don't think we have any plans right now to add a new uh, faction. I mean, we added the um, uh, the Drifter ones for a while. Um, the uh, it's possible we may add one in the future um, from a different faction, or have the the Sancha one kind of switch into something else. Who knows? But uh, at the moment, I don't believe we have any plans on changing that up. Yeah, that was my bad. I, I even even while reading it, I missed the incursions uh, uh, part of that. Yeah, the uh, the shipyards, the FOBs, though, those are Gristas and Blood Raiders. Um, I'm looking here. Does any uh, does anybody have a question that hasn't been asked? Uh, if so, please X up so I can call. Oh, it might be all out. Oh no, Commander. Uh, Commander A's, go ahead. How do you feel about the current state jump fatigue on just kind of your average day to day travel? I don't think it's doing a very good job of um, uh, of, of player experience. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't do a great job of the fact that this is a fantasy where you're an immortal like space rock star god. Um, so that part is really weak. Uh, it does. It is doing a fine job of hitting some of the mechanical goals, um, being allowing somebody to have an engagement without getting dropped on by the whole universe. Um, I would really like to switch it up to be able to try to meet both of those goals better. Um, I think the complexity of it is also a huge issue. The fact that uh, it. It's you need a calculator to figure it out. Basically, that's a big problem. 
as much as Eve players tend to be people that can handle this kind of stuff, uh, it's you shouldn't in the video game be forced to uh, uh, to use out of game calculator tools to be able to figure out the consequences of your actions. Uh, so yeah, I, I'd love to make some big changes to it at some point. I don't think it's really it's really serving its goal well enough, but I also don't think that it's something you can just remove and end up in a better place. All right, uh, Jonathan Rodenik, you're up next. Thanks again, and uh, hey, Bozzy, thank you so much for being here. Really appreciate it. Um, <clears throat> alphas, I, I've seen some, you know, I see what appears to be a, an emerging pattern. So first we had alphas at, uh, at uh, what was it, 5,000, or excuse me, 5 million skill points, and now we've expanded them to 20 million skill points and opened the factions up. I mean, there's been an expansion of that. Um, and then I, in conjunction with that, I've seen just kind of an odd set of sales go on that seem to be in some parity with that for either faction ships, ISK or Plex or combinations of that and MCTs. So I'm just wondering, is is uh, CCP got a, got a growth pattern for the alphas, more expansion of skill points? So is there going to be other directions that they take the alphas in? And overall, is CCP looking to go more microtransaction uh, to get parity with other uh, games that are providing similar content, similar space, you know, epic space content out there. Um, I mean, kind of what's the, what's the overall game plan going forward on the alphas? I mean, so at the moment, we're definitely in the evaluation phase of the, um, uh, whatchamacallit, the December changes, whatever that patch was called. Um, the, uh, the expansion of uh, the alphas, uh, arms race. There we go. That's the name, arms race. So um, we're, we're definitely still invest like watching the results of that and seeing how it goes. Um, but yeah, I think it's very possible that we could expand uh, the alpha set more or make some other changes. Uh, the goal is to have alphas be something that feels like it's a perfectly viable choice, that you have the option of playing with them. Because we see very often in a game like EVE, we, we look at what people, um, for instance, uh, put in their reasoning for why they uh, why they leave the game when they uh, leave the game. Uh, you When you uh, cancel, you can put in your reasoning. And the, by far the number one is uh, just they can't afford it right now. And we want people to be able to uh, keep playing Eve, keep providing content, because in Eve, everybody is content for everybody else. Um, the more people in, the better. So yeah, we, we, I would not be surprised if there's more improvements to what alphas can do in the future. Um, as for the way we're monetizing, um, I think we always want to try to do, to provide kind of interesting things like skins, stuff like that. Uh, but uh, it's it's about kind of finding the, the, the line between making sure that uh, people have things that they are interested in spending money on uh, that are cool, but also then don't break the game in any way. So uh, that's why we tend to, uh, to focus on those sorts of things. All right, up next is a uh, follow-up to, I believe, this question from Commander Ace. Um, so in... The current iteration, I believe you're not able to use any kind of mining ship beyond the venture uh, as an alpha. Is there any kind of plan to add that as a viable career option for new players? It is definitely an option. So it, the uh, mining system was intentionally kept a bit more cautious in the uh, arms race release um, because of the fact that um, we didn't want to uh, be, we wanted to be careful about how we affected the economy. Uh, but it is that's definitely one of those sort of low-hanging fruits of things we can expand for for alphas in the future. And I wouldn't be surprised if we get some expansion there at some point. Uh, Lainey, you're up next. Lainey Narduk. Sorry, I had to figure out how to unmute Discord again. Um, what about things to possibly counter the Fozzy Claw? Because right now it's just with the under two-second align with the nullification on a ship. 
if anything gets targeted, they fly off before you can catch them. Yeah, so we, I mean, we definitely like to keep exploring options there. It's possible that some changes may need to be made to the clause in the future. It's possible some changes to uh, to bubbles. It's possible that uh, changes to the soft mechanics as a whole might uh, kind of reduce some of the uh, uh, the oppressive feeling of those, and like by kind of reducing the effect that they can have on those fights. Um, so all that kind of stuff is stuff we're considering for sure. And then speaking of the alphas, it did bring up a second question I've always been wondering. As an Omega, there's not an easy way to tell what skills will stay active if you drop down to Alpha. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, because most of the most of the uh, the labeling is set up so that it uh, gets out of your way when you're an Omega, so you don't feel you're being advertised to when you're paying. Um, but yeah, that is something. Uh, some kind of uh, clearer indication would uh, would definitely be nice, I think. Um, I, I'm not a UI expert, so I'm not necessarily the, the best person to ask about that, about how we would do it, though. All right, next up is Sten. All right, so this question, um, to me, um, like wormhole space is the final frontier. It's the most dangerous, which I think is reflected in the sleeper design and damage output and so on. But uh, as a result, it's also the most uh, resource, uh, like you can gather a lot of wealth there as a result. And how does, did this factor into the decision to have only low-grade uh, moon mining materials uh, available in the wormhole space in this release coming up. And uh, what was the considerations behind this decision? Because to me, it seems to be going against what, um, at least my vision of what it is and to some indication also what CCP thinks of it. Yeah, so I think what you're what, the way you're thinking about it is uh, of wormholes because they're the most dangerous in some way, in a lot of ways, that they end up being, that they should have the best of everything. Uh, that is well, so our goal. Is it, it's not so much that any one place should have the best of everything, but the different areas should be best in different ways. Uh, so in the same way that we uh, we have some resources that are limited to wormhole space alone, we also then have some resources that are limited to low and null sec. And so for the high end moon goo, that is the decision has been made kind of from the beginning uh, of Tech Two, so back into like two thousand four. That that is a resource that is. Uh, one of the unique things about uh, those areas of space. So the uh, expansion of moon mining to uh, wormholes, to high sec, uh, the intent isn't so much to give the, to have parity in what resources you can get, because we want there to be some strong distinctiveness in both directions, but to be have parity in the kind of mechanics you can engage with. So that if you, if you find it fun to do group mining, you can do group mining in both those areas. Next question is from Argyle or Argyle. Hey, you need to unmute yourself, man. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, my English is not so good. I was wondering if you could um, separate space aids for, for subcapitals and not make it on the character so you can move your subcapital fleet more and engage in more conflicts. Well, I was always under the impression that you have to restrict the supers to not move around so much. Yeah, I mean, something like that would be a possibility. There'd be some issues both with complexity. Um, but then also uh, the original design uh, for um, fatigue was not just capital focused because it was about uh, preventing just the kind of very fast long range teleportation uh, that you can get a ton of people into an, on top of somebody else's fight really quickly. And that was a problem both with capitals, but then also with subcaps, especially for anyone that was familiar with the ways people used to use fast uh, moving uh, uh, Titan bridges. You could set up a Titan bridge network that would bypass everything and get your subcaps from place to place really, really quickly. Um, or even do it with a single Titan, with a single scout Titan, if you uh, 
uh, were uh, a bit brave with it. Um, so I don't know if we'd ever want to have the, like, get your battleship fleet from, uh, from like, Tinal down to Paragon Soul in 20 minutes um, without having to find, like, a, a special wormhole or something. Uh, we, I don't know if we'd want to bring that back, but um, uh, it is definitely, we'd like to make some changes to the mechanics as a whole, and this would be one of the things to look at. All right, so now we have a question from a cloud that I'll ask. Uh, do you know if CCP, or well, has CCP considered a change to how most EVE players have several accounts? Can we break the three character per account restriction and have an umbrella single account with all our characters on that account and we pay for how many ever Omega accounts we want to run? Um, what characters should be included in that Omega upgrade based on the three characters per Omega account that we have now? Having to log off characters in order to log on certain scouts or market traders can be particularly aggravating, especially if you have a bunch of accounts. So basically, it's about the idea behind the whole umbrella uh, umbrella account with all of your characters within that yes. one. Uh, master accounts is what we've referred to yep. inside of CCP. Um, yeah, uh, that's something we've definitely want we've wanted to do for a long time, actually. Uh, and it's actually got, it got pretty close to being implemented. Uh, couple of years back and then ended up something else came up and everyone got reassigned and I don't know I don't remember all the details but that kind of stuff happens sometimes when you work at a games company is that priorities shift and projects have to get dropped um, I would love to see that happen and I know our billing folks would love to see it happen too it would make like it would make things so much easier for players to manage a bunch of accounts um, and when that when you make it easier for customers to manage their stuff right they're gonna subscribe longer they're going to just stick with you uh and that's something we really would like to do uh, i i don't know about when we'd be able to do something like that but it is i know it's high on our wish list for especially the um, the customer support and the account management folks cool uh defiant you're up next followed by jonathan rotenik yeah hi fuzzy i just wanted to say thanks for your time uh i really appreciate you doing this um my question was regarding um conflict drivers and eve like um, a lot of the time Back in the day, like you know, people used to fight over technetium, uh, and then that changed uh, to when the moons are rebalanced. When you're doing like game designing, do you take into account, like from just from a null sex perspective, like what would people fight over when you make the changes? Yeah, you definitely you definitely keep that in mind. Um, one of the things that I've learned over my years, both playing even and, and designing for it, though is that uh, at the end of the day, the real conflict driver is people just wanting to fight. Uh, and so it's more about providing people a good excuse, both to each other and to themselves, uh, rather than it is uh, something where you try to like make the, the, the math actually work out. Because uh, uh, the math will never work out. People used to throw away so much money on trying to take a tech moon. It was never worth it. And, they'll do, and that's going to continue with other stuff as well. Um, so it's, it's about providing people opportunities uh, and a lot of things provide that. The new moons can provide that in some ways, structure can provide that. And we don't definitely like to add more in the future. Yeah. Jonathan, you're up next. Thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm going to guess that whenever player-owned Stargates come out, they're going to follow the same methodology as Citadels now, potentially a uh, small or medium large and then potentially an extra large in size. And I'm assuming that with that is going to come certain capabilities such as how far they can reach, given the size, their defensive capability, but then would the would the player incur fatigue? I mean, right now on the jump bridge, you incur fatigue. So if, logic logically, if it's a replacement of the jump bridge, you would incur fatigue. And I just thought of a another side question on cloaking. 
covert cloaking and fuel. I'm just wondering if that's going to become a thing. Make the, you know, like the other covert devices burn fuel. Will the covert cloak at some point burn fuel? But my main question is on stargates and their sizes and fatigue. Uh, yeah, so um, with Stargates, I expect we probably won't release all the sizes at once. Um, it's likely we'll start out with like one or two sizes. Um, but yes, it is likely that there'll be multiple sizes eventually that'll do different things. Um, potentially with like, yeah, a, even us going down to a small size, we're interested in adding small size structures in the future. So like smalls, mediums, larges, extra larges, and those could control all kinds of things. They could control the amount of fatigue you get, but also at that point we might by then try to do something different with fatigue anyways in these structures. Um, and uh, they could control range, they control what type of ships go through, they can control things like weapons and whether you can dock in them and all that kind of stuff. They can control whether they're used to connect to normal systems or whether they're used to connect between existing space and maybe some kind of new space, perhaps, hypothetically speaking. Uh, so there's all those kind of options uh, that can be tied to the sizes. Um, but when it comes to uh, fatigue and them, I think we'd really like to do a pretty full reworking of the way fatigue interacts with them by the time we introduce those structures, um, potentially at the same time. Uh, so hopefully the, the kind of questions that would come from exist the existing system interacting with them would be at least a new set of questions. Uh, and then the fuel thing for um, cloaks, maybe someday, I mean, this is something that's been brought up a lot. Um, over the years, we'd, I think, like to try to introduce more interesting gameplay among kind of cat and mouse mechanics for cloaking. I'm not sure if the fuel one really goes to that all that well, but uh, it is at least an option available, yeah. Okay, Wim, you're up next. Good morning, everybody. Hey, Fozzie, I've been away from the game for about two years, but the one thing that's kind of gotten annoying, I think, from day one is the fact that there's no, like, ability to log back to a character selection screen. Is that something that would ever come into this game? Ah, mm -hmm. uh, yes, this question. So um, this is something that people have been asking for for a very long time, for good reason. It would be a really good thing to have. Uh, unfortunately, our server architecture actually doesn't support it very well. Um, so this is something that uh, uh, our old tech director spent like a long time investigating and ended up concluding that it just was not really doable under the current system. So I, it's possible we can do it at some point, but uh, it's shockingly non-trivial is how i describe it apple you're up next and then if uh, anybody else wants to x up please let me know in channel i don't know if this falls within you but uh i'm like the iceman and uh with the last few changes uh i start gathering up more and more strontium because that's not worth anything more since a lot of bosses have been taken down and even more my stockpile of heavy water gets bigger and bigger and bigger and with the prices it's valuable to sell really because you don't make anything uh, since use of heavy water is slowed down they have done a bit with like upping the heavy water in fuel blocks but that didn't really switch the price point has it been looked into newer uses to get those things used more and make the prices a bit better or at least a reason to sell it I mean I'd, I'd definitely I'm always interested in looking at new uses for um for any kind of mining outputs, including ice products. Um, and uh, we've been, we made a couple of tweaks, like you said, increasing the fuel block consu um, consumption of some of these materials, um, increasing some of the isotope consumption and jumps. Uh, it's very possible we'll make more in the future. I would, I would be surprised if we don't make more in the future. Um, yeah. Okay. Halaic, you're up next. Uh, hey, thanks, Dirk and Fozzie for being here and doing all this. 
Um, question is about uh, Black Ops battleships and how carriers have basically kind of replaced them with the, uh, the new mechanics. Is there any plans to do a uh, Black Ops battleship uh, balance pass to increase usability for the cost of uh, what is to produce or buy them? I mean, I'd love to see a, a balance pass on Black Ops. They're actually one of the ship groups that hasn't had a balance pass in quite a long time. Um, or other than we've made a number of balance passes on their jump ability, so on their like jump ranges and fuel use and all that. But on the actual bonuses on the ships, on the slots and the resists and hit points and weapons and all that kind of stuff, um, I would love to do a pass on those at some point soon. I can't say for sure when we'll be able to do that. Um, I think that one of the ideas that has been bouncing around for a long time would be actually to uh, split them up into kind of two lines and add some new ones, have a more combat-focused one and a more EOR-focused one, and that might allow us to make them each of those lines more specialized uh, to do some cool new things. Um, and so that's an option. Can't say for sure if that's the way we would go, but uh, I'd love to to make some more changes in the future too. Part of the reason I like adding a second line is that I really love the idea of like a of a covert ops black blaster roke that just like sinos in and charges at people. That sounds awesome. I have one quick other question. Uh, in that same covert ops and with the new moon mining changes and how there are uh, now the moon goo uh, fields, is there any plans to add additional ships to make a prospect um, style mining where you jump in and, and uh, graze on your neighbor's lawn? type thing i mean that kind of stuff is definitely something we could add uh is there any like special niches you're thinking of in particular that uh, you feel are missing from those uh from those ships like what would be the ship you'd be looking for the most for that um well the with the prospect that uh, you already have your myers it would be just transportation of the goo itself so something that would hold more like than a blockade runner maybe like a t2 porpoise cloaky porpoise or something like that that okay. had a huge um Whore that they could uh, hold that could uh, grab all the loot. Was that a question or is Fozzie just typing? Or... I'm not sure. Anyways, um, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna wrap it up here. Uh, give Fozzie the rest of whatever's left of his Icelandic weekend um, back. But I do want to thank him for hanging out here and talking for so long. I also want to thank everybody who came into the channel today, which was which was so many for uh, keeping this uh, keeping this in in check. Thank you so much. Thank you for your questions. And thank you for watching Talking In Stations today. But uh, Fozzie, thank you again. Thank you, guys. Oh, cheers, man. All right, that's it. We are uh, we are a wrap here. You're all free to kind of hang around and uh, and chat. But uh, that's it for the Q and A. Uh, and I don't know. I'm going to go find a third cup of coffee to uh, work off. <laughs> cool, bro. Fozzie, have you read my thread about ship suggestions? By the way, some cool pictures in there. Uh, which which thread is this? A link. Of course, it's called Capcoo's Cool Ideas for Cool Ships in Eve Online. <laughs> Those are some cool pictures. They are pretty awesome. Okay, okay yeah, I'll take a look at that. Oh. A wild, a wild Apothne appears. <gasps> Apothne, do you have any Alliance tournament questions for Fozzie before he scoots out the door? I mean, as long as the plan is to still have one this year, I'm a happy little puppy. <laughs> That is a question that didn't come up, Fozzie. So if you want to, if you want to sneak out the door or uh, or uh, answer it as, as you slither out, <laughs> well, well, the usual thing is right is that they don't like do a confirm until around FanFest. But we've already heard from Falcom that broadly speaking, the plan is to have one this year. Yes. So I can say that broadly speaking, the plan is to have one this year. 
I don't actually know the details though. Uh, that's it's the community guys that uh, that run that. Uh, so um, I'm not the I'm not the person to ask specifics about, but I know that they at least they have plans. I don't know what all the plans are though. The the time to start worrying is if we haven't heard anything like by just after FanFest usually. Is it possible to get Thunderdome turned on a little bit earlier this year? So teams can start practicing. Uh, that's another good question, and I'm afraid I don't know the answer. Um, uh, I'm sure it's not a surprise to anybody that the reason Thunderdome was turned off is because uh, without Logibro, we don't have somebody running it right now. Um, and I don't know what the plan is with that. I'm afraid that needs to be a question for the community, guys. So for Falcon or Guard. If I can just say before you run away, Fozzie, that um, I know I've told you this to you in person, but thank you for all the time you spend with the community, including your free time working on EVE. And even though Reddit is mean sometimes, the vast majority of us really appreciate everything you do and are big fans of your work. Thanks. I've personally shit talked you a lot, Fozzie, but <laughs> end of the day, you're like one of the best and obviously one of the most passionate people when it comes to EVE. And I really appreciate that. It comes from a place of love. Pretty much. Everybody who is passionate about EVE, like, gives that feedback passionately in the same way. So it's, oh, yeah. it's almost never personal. It's almost we'll, always them we'll just take, wanting uh, the game to be good. We'll take high emotions over apathy any day. Hell yeah. Alright, I'm gonna head out. Have a good night, guys. Good night, thank you, you very too, much. Buddy. See you, buddy. Thank you. Can I, can I ask the rest of the chat? Um... I have been out all day, and I've thus very, very sadly missed the episode in the post-episode chat. Has all of this been recorded so I can listen to it, or like, what's the TLDR of any new information we might have squeezed out of his fuzziness? Um, yeah, well, obviously the uh, the episode was recorded, it'll be out on video demand, and uh, Matter will put it out as a podcast. I believe he's also been recording this, so the Q&A will also go out as a separate podcast.